here we are. It's dark already and it's noon. (laughs) (laughs) As a matter of fact, I was reading today about SAD, seasonal affected disorder. Mm -hmm. And there are people that have to sit in front of lights. I know somebody that does that. And as I'm running down the symptoms, I got them all, but I'm not sad at all. Really? Ask Google. Here, let me look it up. The symptoms of sad. Ten signs. Dun, 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 dun. Disabling fatigue. Got that. Okay. Withdrawal from life. Got that. <laughs> well, but that was, you know, uh, let's see. Next. Uh, lack of focus. Yep. <laughs> you know what? you might be right you know i I usually say that you are a hypochondriac and you think you have everything yeah but maybe uh difficulty sleeping you have had that quite a bit yeah disheartened and deflated Mm, i don't know if that's you i'm pretty inflated instead of deflated irritability don't with me <laughs> i was gonna say you never do on air or like it, it, in person really but every once in a while i've heard some of your outtakes and it's like ooh, that was spicy he's got some heat baby yep uh another sign a big sign um that something isn't right for people experiencing sad is fluctuations in weight and appetite you may experience sudden and significant weight gain or loss in the matter of weeks or you may lose all interest in food or use food as a way to comfort your emotions. Yeah, I wish I would lose interest in food. Yeah, I can tell you that I have got the gaining weight down. Yeah. So I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, here we go. You're it's, you're just going to hate food soon. Anxiety. Sure. That's everybody has a recklessness. Okay, let's dive in. I got that. Sad can also disable some people. However, for others, it may cause risky behavior uh, in otherwise cautious individuals. This is often described as a form of escape and can result in compulsive sexual behavior. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have the rest of these gambling, substance abuse, or thrill seeking? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go. How, how well do you think this is going to go over? Babe. I'm sorry I slept with our neighbor, Linda, but it was a symptom of sad. We like sad. Sad's good. I love this time of year. I don't feel bad when I want to go to bed early. I don't feel like I'm missing out on things. The FOMO of summer has gone and I'm here for it. What we want to lead off with is a story about a woman in Texas. This is not a petite young lady. She's six feet nine. Mm-hmm. And she's just been awarded the Guinness Book of World Records uh, award for having the world's largest feet. Yes. Congratulations. And, you know, they say everything's bigger in Texas. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you look at the size, I mean, we can't show you the picture because this is audio. Try to describe her foot. It's a big foot. It's not Bigfoot. It's not her. She's not Bigfoot. Um, but she stands, like you said, six, nine, she's not the world's tallest woman though. And it's interesting too, because I have this as well, where one foot is longer than the other foot. I do too. Yeah. It's, and it's annoying. Cause I really have like one foot is a seven and a half and one foot is more like a seven. And so I'm always gripping my toes to keep the smaller shoe on anyway. Um, but hers, 
her right foot is 13.03 inches long and her left foot measured at 12.79 inches long. So just over a foot. <laughs> Literally, because it's a foot. This is the most bizarre thing to look at. Once again, <laughs> I'm not going to uh, you know, try to hold up a picture because it's audio. But let me tell you about this bar in Wyoming. They got a whole bunch of guys together mm -hmm. that had really long beards like zz top beards really yeah. really long beards and they wanted to set a record by clipping those beards together mm -hmm. and they did set the record listen to this all the guys with their beards clipped together it went for 150 feet so the people can kind of visualize it imagine a really really long beard and what they do is they part they do a middle part and they take one side to the right and one side to the left. And they do that with, with each of these gentlemen. And then they clip them together. When you first look at, look at it, it looks like they're braided together. And I would have liked that better. Like if they had to just be like a team for the whole night and be intertwined with each other's masculinity or something. I don't know. That seems kind of cool to me. Um, but they're just clipped together momentarily. But yeah, 150 foot long. Um, then that breaks a record of 62 feet. That's more than doubled it. Oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I just thought of one question for Putin. We can do two questions for Putin real quick. Okay. Because of the announcement that was recently made, mm. Mr. Putin, are you happy that Donald Trump has decided to run for the presidency of the United States? Good question. I'd love to see his response to that because, mm -hmm. you know, they've met, they're both powerful men running, you know, at that point in time when they were seeing each other, yep. the probably most powerful countries in the world. And I wonder how close they really are. You always wonder when you get your political people traveling to other countries and stuff to try and, uh, you know, work on peace initiatives and things like that. And they have to speak through a translator. You know, you better trust that translator, right? Because yeah. if that translator wanted to have some fun, Joe Biden could say, okay, we're going to get the Ukraine and Russia together and we're going to work this out in seven days. And the translator would say, hey, Mr. Putin, Biden says to bend over because he's coming in from behind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that could happen. It could. It, it could happen. <laughs> that is true it could happen so i mean i wonder how you have to get vetted to be a translator for those kind of discussions in fact i was just talking about it recently but there was a man nelson mandela was giving a speech and obviously it was a while ago because it was before his passing but the man who was the translator had no clue what he was doing he was just moving his hands around and it wasn't until someone in the community and i think it was in like south africa they had this it wasn't in america and they're like um yeah he's speaking gibberish that's not real what he's doing and yeah the guy was busted but they're like how did how did he end up being the deaf interpreter for like this this really powerful person and i guess hearing people just don't call people on it or they don't know i don't know i mean how do you check them if you don't know sign language i guess you should at least get one deaf person in there and be like what did he just say you know question number two for putin are you gonna buy mike pence's new book Ooh, good question these are both political in nature 
I are. did watch the ABC News interview of Mike Pence. What'd you think of it? Interesting. I mean, this is a guy, though, that gives away nothing. I thought he did come across pretty darn presidential. It was funny. I was trying to explain to the boyfriend. He's like, well, what's the difference between Pence and, and, and Trump based on what you're kind of saying? They're both white males, blah, 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 and Republicans. And I said, well, I said, Trump claims to be evangelical. I said, Mike Pence really believes it. You can tell that that is, he is a man of faith and he wasn't kidding when he said, I'm going to pray on it and I'm going to see if the family is called. I like the question when David Muir asked Mr. Pence, this is a yes or no question. Yeah. Do you think after what happened on January 6th, that Donald Trump should be allowed to run for office? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? And he yep. paused yep. and he looked David Muir in the eye and he says, I think there will be better choices. He, he responds so much like a lawyer. Really good politicians are so good at that. If January 6th, let's just say January 6th had not happened. Mike Pence just would have been kind of like Dan Quayle, who, you know, he'd be a vice president of, well, yeah, I guess. I know why Trump hates DeSantis as much as he does. Have you seen the wife? His wife is easily as hot as Melania. Oh my God, she is gorgeous. You got a question or two? For Putin, um, what's your favorite side dish for Thanksgiving dinner? I make homemade stuffing. I make it the way I like it. Everybody's like, are you making the stuffing? And I'm like, yeah, because if anybody comes out with some box crap or they bought it at a store, I'm very upset. I need to make my own stuffing. I like stuffing with gravy. Yeah. Question number two. Did you kind of try to hit Poland with the missile or was it an oops-a-daisy? <laughs> was it an oopser? If it was an oopser, you should say, oops, sorry. You should at least... <laughs> You should at least text a couple emojis to the, the Polish leadership and be like, my bad, you know. You know, yeah, that could have led to some really big problems. Uh, they're like, oh, you're going to screw with us now, too? Oh, yeah. okay. Like, And how embarrassing when you accidentally missile something you didn't intend to. I mean, really. It's not easy to do. Do you know that I grew up in Nebraska and... You know, there's nothing there but wheat fields. True. And the U.S. government back in the 60s would go out to farmers and they would buy, because they had the right of eminent domain, some of the land. And then they'd put a little gravel road and it would run about 100 yards into a field. And then they would sink what's known as an MX missile or a nuclear warhead. Mm. And they would put these things every so many miles apart. That way, if one blew up, it wouldn't trigger the next and it would you know, just blow up your entire planet right there where you live. So they were smart enough to do it the right way. But every year we had one opportunity to go with somebody from the military down the shaft. There's an elevator shaft and it goes way down deep into the ground. And down there is where their master control centers are for the uh, three guys to live and three guys that know how to fire the nuke. And the reason that there's three is so that one or that two can overpower one if one tries to fire it just for fun. Right. Okay. And so it's well designed. They know that not just anybody gets the right to go down there, but as farmers and landowners, they would take us down and we could actually see that. Okay. And it was really something special. And if you Google mx missiles in nebraska 
you'll just see tons of tons of stories about it. I remember one time we were pheasant hunting and there were big, tall chain link fences with barbed wire like a prison all the way around this entire you know piece of ground where the missile was sighted. And uh, this pheasant, I shot it and it flew over the fence and it fell into the area that was restricted. And about five minutes later, here come a bunch of big ass army trucks with armed guys wanting to know what had gotten into that missile site area. Let's paint the picture. So you're sitting next to a barbed wire fence, drinking cold ones, I'm assuming. Yep. With your gun. Yep. Just shooting birds right next to the military <laughs> installation and the nuclear warheads. Let's see yep. what happens, boys. <laughs> We had so much fun and see, that was the thing because where those uh, nukes were stored, the tumbleweeds would then blow and they'd hit that fence and it would then build up and then the snow drips would build up. And that was the perfect place for pheasants to nest. Right. So they dig into the snow and the tumbleweeds and they were, you know, they stayed warm that way. They could stay alive. And so that's where we would go hunting at the missile pits. So you take a shotgun and, you know, not, you wouldn't aim it at the warhead, but no. in the, in the rough vicinity of the nuclear war. I can't, fun. I can't, I can't imagine why they wouldn't just understand that. I got to talk about Yellowstone. It's back. Okay. La, 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 la. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen any Yellowstone or season oh, I've five? I've seen all of Yellowstone. I haven't seen the season premiere yet. Oh, well, I watched it live. It comes on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock on Paramount. Okay, and don't and even get me started how upset I am about this, but yes, go on. I knew it would be good, but it's better than good. And John Dutton is a great governor for the state of Montana. This is going to be a great season. The only thing that kind of bums me out about this is that they're releasing seven episodes. They released two the first night. Okay. And then now there's five left. After those seven have aired, then there's going to be a pause. Mm. Then they're going to allow you to then view the final seven. And we don't know if that's the last you know season okay. or not. On a one to 10, I would have to say Yellowstone, which I didn't really like all throughout episode one and most of the way through two. Man, it's an eight or a nine for sure for me. Let me kvetch for a minute because so I got you got me into Yellowstone. I got the boyfriend into Yellowstone. We just finished. He just finished season four. I'd already seen it. So now I've seen the entire series twice because I watched it and then I rewatched it with him. Sunday, we're stoked for the premiere. I'm in a good mood. My Vikings won. Whoop, whoop. And that weird nail biter of a game, but I'll take it. We're going over to his house. Now, at my house, I have all the cable channels. At his house, he's one of these people that cut the cord and does the streaming and blah, 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 blah. We can't get it to work. I'm trying to streamcast it from my phone. We're trying to get him to log in. Where I'm trying to do everything. I'm trying to use my Xfinity account. I'm downloading the individual app. I'm trying to get everything I can to get this thing to work. And it is beginning. We were having a lovely Sunday. There's now about a half an hour of this banter about like, well, it says it should be here, be here. And I'm like, well, I don't know. And, you know, this back and forth. And why is it asking me this? I, I don't know. You know, I don't know why it's not working. I must have said, I don't know. 25 times in a half an hour period. And I finally just looked at him. I'm like, I think we should stop. 
I think we should watch it on Wednesday when we're at my house. Yep. And we should just stop right now because we're going to get into a fight. And then we're going to get into some unintentional role playing of Yellowstone because he's going to turn into Rip and I'm going to turn into Beth and start throwing shit around the house. <laughs> I can't get the goddamn Yellowstone to come on. <laughs> ah! uh, you know, there are shows that people do wait for. I mean, they are so eager. And a lot of times you have to wait quite a while between seasons. And Ugh. that to me takes off some of the luster because once yeah. you get going there's a lot of friends i know that have made the you know conscious decision to not start a series until it they know it's completely ended so that they can binge it okay i have paramount and now i've got peacock but i did it for a show that was called a friend of the family and it's a true story that's been you know enhanced for your <sighs> viewing pleasure about a little girl who gets kidnapped more than once. And I started watching it. Mm -hmm. I would have to say the first thing I noticed was the lead male character is from the White Lotus. And I'm like going, that's what's his name. He's also from I'm Dying Up Here, which was on Showtime. He was he played a stand up comedian. This is like the creepiest thing ever. I don't think the acting overall is good at all. Okay. Right. There are several characters I think that do a nice job, but overall, this is not, you know, the best of the best, right? But the story is really freaky. And it's real. You know, that's yeah. based on a real story. So yeah. I've seen the documentary about this particular gentleman before. Yeah. I've, I've seen Have you watched the documentary about this situation? I was trying to get another episode of the actual series and I clicked on the documentary. Yeah. And I watched, I'm thinking, this isn't where I left off, right? <laughs> right, this isn't where, I don't remember. Well, if you watch the documentary, holy balls. This man, basically, if you don't, if it doesn't make sense what we're talking about, this particular character, this guy, this was a, um, this is based out West. It was a, a Mormon family. This man moved to town, was a friend of the church, married similarly, had kids. And so this family thought that this guy was like a good guy. Right. And they all kind of bonded. And it turns out this man had some very, very sinister intentions, but the manipulation he does to get control over the children first he gets manip he manipulates their parents individually and against each other and in the way he does it i'm waiting for you to get to the part that i'm thinking of in the documentary in the television series because you're gonna call me and be like why didn't you tell me <laughs> why didn't you tell me that was gonna happen <laughs> wow yeah i know it's a really dark show it's very dark. And if you're not cool with a story about child molestation or any of that kind of stuff, like steer clear, this is not a show for you. I'm ready for another happy show or two. Sure. Uh, my wife started the crown again. Yeah, me too. I told you last week about the vow, which I still think you should watch on HBO, which is about the Nexium. Um, it was a self-improvement cult. And uh, it's season, season one is completed. They're halfway through season two. So if you want to binge something, it's really interesting. But this one in particular caught my eye. It's called The Good Nurse. And it's about a male nurse who apparently might be one of the most prolific serial killers of all time. They, they estimate he may have killed upwards of 400 people. 
in his career as a nurse, his 16 years, he confessed to 26 murders. All I'll say is be nice to your healthcare workers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I saw this documentary and I'm like, wow. And the way it, the way that it all plays out, as you remember, I've, I've taken some classes on screenwriting and I'm like, man, I mean, not only does this documentary follow well the style of a, of a screenplay, but so does the story. I'm like, God, man, someone's got to make a movie out of this. And sure enough, I stopped watching the documentary and there is a movie wow. of this guy and it's Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Jessica Chastain and it's called The Good Nurse. So you can see both. You can see the documentary and then you can see the feature film about this guy but you who goes through a lot of medical stuff i think you'll find this very interesting one of the things i've been spending a lot of time watching is football Mm -hmm. and you mentioned earlier about the vikings crazy game against buffalo and that to me was the most exciting nfl game i've seen in years i had it on tape I've had friends come over. We watched the final two minutes like eight times. It was just absolutely crazy. (laughs) So much fun to watch. I just absolutely had uh, the best time watching it. You stop and think about the catches that Justin Jefferson is making. These are unbelievable catches. Yeah. But did you know there has never been a wide receiver that's been named MVP? Really? That surprises me. Really? This could be his year. Oh, that would be great. When there was, you know, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, who's going to win? The quarterback. Yeah. You know, you yeah, know, Tom, that's Tom Brady. true. That's true. That's BS because they don't score the points, really. The the receivers do the majority of that. It's nice to be in a city that's got a team on the winning side for a change. And, you know, with the Vikings where they are now, here's another thing. Uh, you know, it used to be where if you were going to play the Vikings, you would come up here in the middle of the winter, but yet you get to play in the Metrodome. So you were indoors, right? Now you've got U.S. Bank Stadium. It's again indoors. But at the same time, the Vikings games are going on about a half a mile away in the University of Minnesota campus. You've got Huntington Bank Stadium. And the Gophers are playing in way below zero temperatures. Gophers only have a couple of games left, but damn, they're going to be cold. Yeah, they are. And I can say that that's a great stadium. If you've never been to Minneapolis, we have some super places to go. I mean, U.S. Bank Stadium, great for football, absolutely horrible for concerts. Terrible. Uh, The XL is a great venue for all events, hockey, concerts, whatever. I don't love it, but it's, I mean, it's not the worst though. I'd prefer like the armory or something like that for a concert. I don't like them. If, if you can get one that's not multi-purpose for sports, it's kind of nice because they're just so big and vacuous. It's hard to get the feeling with the music to me. That's true. And I mean, that's why I like casino shows. Smaller venues are yeah. great. Yeah. I saw that Ron White's going to come to uh, the state theater. Okay. I believe next April. Okay, I love him. I've never seen him live. I bet oh. he would be a treat live. He's a storyteller. He's not a punchline guy. But, man, is he good. He tells awesome stories. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he tells it, the story about how he, he went to a, 
he went to a strip bar and there was a lady who had the, the his breasts were so flat she could roll them up like a joint and it was just <laughs> such a weird visual for me <laughs> I, like i've always thought of it and then she emotions like she's rolling it up like a joint and then she licks the top <laughs> i'm like he is a storyteller because like i i always i there's a mental picture because of that bit and he'll probably like he probably doesn't even tell that bit anymore probably doesn't even remember it i remember when i was on the air in houston you know he's from texas mm -hmm. and he would work at all the clubs around the state so to sell tickets the biggest club in town there they'd bring him in on the morning show sure and he came in at 7 a.m and he had a big glass of scotch and a cigar and I said, you know, Mr. White, you're not supposed to smoke in here. And he's like, okay. And he just kept smoking. Okay. Right? He, he said what care. you had to say. Duly and, noted. And then another guy I want to give a little plug to, who I've tried to get on the show before, and I just texted him just today, is Jake Johansson. He's mm. coming to Acme in February. And if you've never seen Jake, that'd be a good show. I looked at Acme shows. They got a lot of good stuff coming up. They usually do. Their winter lineup is always strong yeah oh very it is throughout the year but it seems like they get a lot of national people through the winter and then the summer you get more um of the local people and regional people and stuff so yeah are you doing any shows like you're doing your new year's show right i am doing my new year's show actually i've got a couple this week uh coming up um well this sunday i'll be at the mall of america it's a fun show that's produced by a couple girlfriends of mine. It's called Day Drinking with Mom. It started out as a daytime comedy show for moms to come and actually day drink at, but then, you know, no one can get daycare. So <laughs> it's pivoted to the evening. Um, but that's going to be Sunday night at the Mall of America. So you can grab tickets. They're inexpensive. Um, you can go right on the House of Comedies website. And it's a, it's a fun show. It's an ensemble show. So there'll be several performers. Most of them will be parents, not all. It's not exclusive to that. Um, but it's, you know, it's a it's a clean show for the most part. It's, you know, a little bit adult in nature, but you know, it's definitely something if you got relatives in town, you can you can bring the fam to. Um, and then the following Wednesday, so a week, well, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, that night I will be headlining at Sisyphus Brewing for Wednesdays, which is um, a wonderful show that's produced by the local um, uh, producer, Sarah McPeck. And it's a variety show as well. There's drag queen performers, there's comedy, there's sketch, there's you don't know. And then there's always a virgin sacrifice, which is somebody who has never performed stand-up before will perform for the first time. And they can have a 30 seconds to three minutes. It's totally up to them. Sometimes people go along. Sometimes people say, hi, my name is. They say one thing and they get off the stage. But it's always fun. You never know what you're going to get. Never know. And you can get those tickets um, at Eventbrite. Or you can check out the details at Sisyphus Brewing on their website. And Sisyphus Brewing is over by... Um, Normandale. Ooh, and speaking of tickets, boy, that Taylor Swift thing that just happened. You hear about this? I heard that there was some kind of snafu, right? And it crashed or something. Yeah, listen to this. She's going to go on tour and only playing stadiums. And here in the Twin Cities, to tell you, uh, to sell out a stadium, you've got to be a big deal. Sure. She added an extra day. So she's going to be doing two U.S. bank shows. 
Okay, that's like 130,000 tickets. I go because I wanted to get my granddaughter tickets because, you know, we had to take our Alexa out of the wall because she'd asked to play Taylor Swift so many times, right? So I'm going to get her Taylor Swift tickets and I get on there and it says, you are now in the queue. There are 2,000 plus people ahead of you. Right. And I'm thinking, well, that looks, I'm not going to wait. Right. No, because Moon doesn't wait in lines. Moon doesn't no. wait in a line of two people, let alone no. 2,000. So what did you do? I didn't call or do anything. I just uh, yelled at P Jug. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I can't get tickets. There's 2,000 people ahead of me. Uh, and then we find out that my granddaughter's mom waited two hours and got two nosebleed seats. For a hundred bucks a pop. Okay. We know somebody else that waited eight hours and finally got two seats, but it virtually shut down Ticketmaster. I mean, that's hard to do. They're kind of good at this. But so, those Swifties, they are all over it. I'm a fan of what Taylor Swift has done. I'm not a Taylor Swift music fan. I can tell you, I went to see her open for uh, Rascal Flats mm -hmm. and they'd been on the road forever. And she made them look like amateurs. And she was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's that good. What do you listen to? Now that you're no longer in radio, what do you listen to? Do you want to know what radio station I listen to or what kind of music I listen to? No, what do you listen to? doesn't have to be either. You could you could have said Moon P. Jug and Hobbs podcast. I love oldies, um, but not. I like a specific kind of oldies. I'm not so much a 50s, 60s oldies. I like 70s easy listening. <laughs> Those kinds of oldies. Like Christopher Cross and stuff like I that. I love Christopher Cross. I love sticks. I want to listen to Crystal Gale. I absolutely, you know, Alabama. Damn right. I want to listen to some Alabama. You know, <laughs> sometimes it's like a 70s country turn that I take mm. where it's all Kenny Rogers and Don John Denver. And then, then I go 70s like I'm on a big Donna Summer kick and disco and... You know, I've been thinking, you know, for this podcast, I was thinking, let's do 95 of these and then let's quit. 95? 95. 95's always been a big number in my life. So 95, I tire of editing these things. Oh. Because here's the thing. I'm used to other people doing the work. Yeah. And yeah. when I have to do it, it's different. I'm so anal about editing. You generally can't hear my edits. But, you know, keep in mind that what you're hearing uh, comes from a batch of audio that's an hour, 10, and it ends up to be 32, 40 minutes. Last week, I think it was 40 minutes. I don't know what this one will be. So I chop, chop, chop. And I would rather be watching Yellowstone or <laughs> The Boys. How long do you think that you are working on, on the editing? How, how long does this process take you, do you think? It takes me around three to four hours to edit this. Okay. Three to four hours. That's actually longer than I, all right. There's a couple of reasons I do this podcast. The first was that I didn't want to give up my job. I wasn't ready to retire, but I was forced by my health to retire. Mm -hmm. And now I've just got to sit here all day because I really just sit here all day. And I'm thinking this will keep me kind of in the game a little bit sure uh, i've had people that said you know oh man are you gonna do a podcast are you gonna do a podcast do a podcast write a book do a podcast i'm like going, oh geez 
I've thought about the whole book writing thing, but it seems like it's a lot of work. I talked to Dave Ryan on this podcast about writing a book. And, you know, I told him, I said, is there money in it? Is it just for the satisfaction? And he said, well, there's a lot of work behind it. I mean, we've had another lady who had a book about sobriety. Her name was Abby mm -hmm. and she published her own book on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I know you could do it, but I don't want to do the work. I mean, okay, so, I, that's, so that's my question. Cause you, you want to quit the podcast because you need to set healthier boundaries and reclaim your three hours of unpaid work, but they're only going to give you so many episodes of Yellowstone. I'm just saying there, there it's, it seems impossible to run out of television. I'm trying everything I can. We should ask your wife if she wants you to quit. I think she enjoys you being occupied for three to four hours a week. I think you're right. Keep going. You know I believe in you. Hey, you want to know something that's kind of cool? Sure. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went to my neurologist's office for my annual, you know, whatever. And we spoke of getting me a new wheelchair. You know, you get a new wheelchair by insurance once every five years. The chair that I'm in now costs over $49,000. Mm. Okay. Man. The one that I want will be $60,000. Okay. And now because I'm on, you know, social security disability, uh, Medicare will only pay 80%. So my next chair is going to cost me 16,000 plus. Okay. Uh, so that's not any fun. Um, but I have to get measured for this chair. And since I spent so much time in these things, you know, you get them fully customized and mine has USB plugins to charge my phone and headlights and turn signals and blah, blah, blah. Well, the place I get measured is called the MS Achievement Center. And it's down in St. Paul on University Boulevard. And it's a half a mile from where I used to work. And I'm thinking, you know something? I haven't been to the office since the day I rolled out of there. It's been over three years, right? And so I call my old boss and I said, would you mind if I were to come to your business and disrupt everything for about two hours, <laughs> right? And she welcomed me with open arms. And so I get to go home. This is, I'm so excited because I called Stacy and Hutch and uh, I'm like, hey, December 13th, I'm going to be coming down for a visit. If you need to fill any breaks, if you need me on the air, I'll be ready to go. So hopefully I would actually be able to, to go down and do that. I get what you're doing now. What? Oh, you don't want to continue this podcast with me because you've been welcomed back. <laughs> and Stacy and Hodge are talking to you again, and you've been welcomed back. And now it's just kicking old Tiff to the curb. <laughs> I'm Wrong. I sat through every technical foul, every crash internet connection, everything for the last two years on this podcast. You're just gonna dump me, just dump me for another model, whatever, whatever. I offered you a companion fare. <laughs> you offered me a free ticket you weren't using. Yeah. Yeah. A companion fare, but you won't be my companion in the future is what you're saying. I want no. you to be a companion on your own Hobbs going somewhere else. I probably am going to keep doing this. I don't know. It kind of gives me a little voice in the community. Well, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing it now. I'm hurt. You're hurt.
I'm hurt yeah, now. You're cheating on me with Stacy and Hutch just because yeah. they have more signal and uh, more listeners. I'm going to plug the podcast while I'm on the air there. You should always plug something that we're not affiliated. <laughs> right. And, but that's the thing. A lot of people that listen to this podcast used to listen to us on the air, right? Who else would find us? We have a weird name that you can't Google and even find out for any podcast. Right. And so the only people really um, that listen are you know, former listeners or people who have shared us. And the IRS. Have you ever been back since you left? To the station? No. Nope. I was uh I was called and they said uh, uh yeah, you don't uh you don't have to come. And there's gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a packet of materials and they said, Do you wanna come here and get it or do you wanna do you wanna just send it to your house? And they sent it to my house. I went to I went I went in I think it was the next week and got my stuff in the drawers and and that kind of stuff. So what am I saying? No, that's not true. I filled in last Christmas on my talk because they needed people. People needed the time off for Christmas. You're just going to, I know you're going to do it though. You're going to just like, you're going to zip into all the broad live broadcasts. I know you, you're just going to hang out. I, people that are listening may not realize because we do need to be able to communicate the people that are off air need to be, be able to communicate with the people that are on air. So there are large windows. Moon's, wheelchair will raise up just enough so that he can like raise up and peer into your window <laughs> like hello do you want me to be on the air with you i remember when i was working there it would get so cold in the winter and i had an automatic car starter but there was no way for uh, my remote key fob to reach as far back in the lot where i had to park yeah. So I would go onto the TV station side of the building and I would take a chair and I would climb up on top of a desk and then I would shoot the key fob and it would start the car and I could see it starting. But I was leaving footprints on this guy's desk, right? Wait, <laughs> you just climbed up on someone's like actual working desk? Yes. <laughs> Moon, what are you doing? Oh my God. I thought you meant just like, it was just like a desk that was there or abandoned. Some no. guy's got his TPS report or whatever. And there's a big footprint on it. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> How disturbing it was for that person to come in every morning. Like what the f <laughs> every night when I leave, the papers are fine. And then I come back. They got boot prints print on it. <laughs> Jesus. Man. Uh, oh, this was really crazy. Speaking of footprints and Minnesota, the other night, uh, P. Jug and I watched a show on 2020 with David Muir and Amy Robach. And it was the story of a murder in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And it was a 90 year old man that was murdered. And they tried to figure out who would want to take this little old man's life. He was just a dear Christian man that always was helpful and just you know, reminded me pretty much my own father, right? But here's the thing a lot of people didn't know about it. After his family died, they left him a lot of money. So he had multiple millions of dollars. And there was some rumor that he kept some of that cash at his house. So two guys actually broke in. And the only clues that they had to this homicide were footprints. And there were three different prints 
one from a Croc, one from an Adidas, and one from a Nike. And it was so crazy to watch the crime investigators go in and how they're trying to figure out how the criminals committed the crime and what they may have touched and was their DNA and all of that different stuff. And this story goes on and on and on. And eventually a Bible was found. And this was a very ornate Bible that was probably German from like the 1800s. The police were contacted by a guy who found this Bible and there were two $1,000 savings bonds in the Bible with the victim's name on the savings bonds. So they called 911. They said, Hey, I don't know, you know, what's going on here, but I found a Bible. I got on Google and I found out after Googling the name of the guy in the savings bond, he'd been murdered. So you guys might want to look into this, but the story was just really great. Um, the way the investigators strung it together. And at the end of it, they were just ready to wrap up the case and, you know, charges were filed and all of that. And you were really excited to see what was next. But the investigative team got called away on a more important case, the passing of Prince, oh. right? So these investigators who had been working on this trial for, you know, years, had to leave at the very end to go cover the, the thing at Paisley Park. Okay. So but he was they, found guilty. Oh, both the guys were. The way ABC sold it was a case of divine intervention. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes, exactly. It was really good. I mean, if you like crime shows, mm -hmm. and I know that you took, you know, criminology and uh, Mankato. Yes. Right. Is that what you took? Is that what it was called? Uh, I have a I have a Bachelor of Science in Law Enforcement. Well, you'd love this one. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? What are you doing for the holiday? We're having two Thanksgivings. Mm. Uh, and the reason is because our family is pretty big. And so we're breaking it off into two places so we don't have to jam everybody in here. So we're looking forward to doing that. We're going to a place that has a wonderful buffet. And I'll be all over that. And then a couple of days later on Sunday, we're going to have another high V uh, Thanksgiving meal, which they're doing turkeys even after Turkey day and all with all the sides and stuff. So I'm looking forward to all that food's really pretty good. What are you doing? I am having my mom, my stepfather, possibly my stepbrother, my son, the boyfriend over for Thanksgiving here and then we're going to go to the boyfriend's house and have Thanksgiving at his house with his kids because his kids will be at their mom's in the morning. So we're doing two two uh, Thanksgivings on the same day. So essentially, I'm going to cook all morning. And then whatever we don't eat at first Thanksgiving is going to the second house for second Thanksgiving. Nice. Just kind of do it that way. But I'm kind of excited because this year we ordered a fresh turkey and I've never done a fresh turkey before. So excited to report back. Hopefully it turns out good. Well, I hope everybody has a nice holiday. Are we going to record next week or not? I don't know. Are we going to record next week on Wednesday? We're going to go ahead and do another podcast. So next week you got one more. And then after Thanksgiving, we might take the next week off. And maybe the week after that, and all the way to Christmas. I'll tell Come you what. On, you I, can't stay away from our fans. You, you're you threatening to leave, but your threats are hollow and empty. All right. So tune in next week because we may or may not be here. It's Moon P. Jug and Hobbs.